It's time for another edition of Your Home Discovery, broadcast nationally on AM and FM radio stations, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and more, plus easily found on most social media channels. Podcast available at yourhomediscovery.com. Your Home Discovery, keeping everything around your home sweet home looking great. Now, here's your host, Charlie Campbell. Welcome into another edition of Your Home Discovery. I am Charlie Campbell, hoping all of your home projects turn out just like mine have so far, uh, Band-Aid free. You know, we have to save the Band-Aids for someone else. I should mention that we are sponsored in part by Contractors Garage. If you need more space for your business, if you want to get your business out of your home, Check out ContractorsGarage.com. Extra large storage units, only one year at a time on the leases. Restrooms on site, very tall overhead doors. What about power? 100 amp power with outlets and LED lighting. There is so much to talk about. You want to check out Contractors Garage. If you have questions about that and you just want to ask me, Charlie at yourhomediscovery.com. If I don't have the answer, I'll just make one up because quite honestly, I'm pretty good at making up answers. Um, A few weeks ago, we talked about flash heating water. We talked about the differences between tank type and tank less water heating. We talked about all kinds of cool stuff when it comes to how to heat our water. Uh, You know, we're primarily talking about topics that apply to the Midwest. So if you're sitting somewhere by your swimming pool and it's 90 degrees outside right now, some of this stuff, you know, it may be kind of boring because we're talking about stuff that happens in the middle of the United States. You know, it it does tend to get cold here from time to time. And, you know, we need to have these things called furnaces. And uh, we've got to heat the air in our homes. Well, there's a lot of different ways to do that. Just like a few weeks ago when we talked about tank type versus tank less water heating, Charlie at yourhomediscovery.com generated a lot of questions about that. How should I install this? What are the perils? What are the downfalls? Why tank type or why tank less? What we didn't get into is too many of the details on how they work, why they're better. We just talked about kind of 30,000-foot elevation. Charlie at yourhomediscovery.com prompted a lot of your questions. And so today, we're going to attack some of those. And we have all kinds of cool things in store for today's show, including the fact I'm not alone. Can you imagine that? We are joined here in studio by Chuck Falkenberg, and Chuck is with Navian Incorporated. How are you, Chuck? I'm doing great. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come and join us here on Your Home Discovery. You're going to help us talk tankless today, and I'm so excited to learn from you. Absolutely. So, we, again, a few weeks ago, we talked about tankless versus tank-type water heating, and we did talk a little bit about the Navian tankless water heater. And if we have time today, we might do a little more of that just for fun. The cool thing is that when it gets 
colder in the Midwest, we have to think about that delta T, the difference in temperature between incoming water and what we want to use to take a shower. And when it isn't warm enough, I mean, we're using water technically 1.5 to to 2 degrees warmer in the wintertime. And, you know, some people turn on the hot water just to warm up the bathroom, right? When you're wet and you get out of the shower, it just feels colder. So we've talked a lot about water heating, and we may get back into that because as much as we talk about tankless, there are still questions. And the email box, Charlie, at Your Home Discovery proves that this week because of all the, or the last two or three weeks because of all the questions that have come in. But Chuck, I am excited today to talk about something other than uh, water heating. Um, but let's talk about water heating when it comes to a furnace. Navian has come out with a tankless water heater reconfigured, re-engineered, and adapted to now. This isn't heating domestic water. This is heating the room. Absolutely. And it is called, what's, what's the name of it again? It's Pre- the Navian NPF Hydro Furnace. N. PF, which stands for Navian Premium Furnace. Geez, we can figure these acronyms out pretty well. <laughs> We're kind of good at that. So tell me, 30,000 foot elevation, how does the Navian Premium Furnace work? Yeah, so we're using kind of the same technology we've always used for boilers and tankless water heaters. Uh, and we're enclosing that system into a furnace uh, and using our primary and secondary heat exchangers to heat the water first and then use that hot air uh, and blow that over the coil just like your traditional uh, forced air furnace. So it sounds almost like since we're not using flame to heat the air, we're using hot water concealed in a heat exchanger to heat the air. Do I dry the air out as much? Exactly. That's one of the great benefits of it. Typically, what you're using is uh, close to 1,000 degrees uh, to heat the air uh, before right. you blow it over, over the coil in a, right. in a traditional system. Conventional, yeah. Yep. So we're using uh, the water inside of our heat exchanger, heating it to 150 degrees. Um, so we're not scorching the air. Uh, and then we're using that uh, more temperate uh temperature to to blow that throughout the house absolutely man does that ever sound to me like it makes sense so the silly question and i don't know if you've been asked this yet (laughs) navian's been out for a long time this isn't a new idea tankless water heating has been around a very long time and navian's been a leader in this and we've talked about that tankless why wait till now to come out of this furnace where was this idea 15 years ago absolutely well it This has always been in the works. Uh, This was the original uh, brain trust um, when coming to the United States was uh, start with tankless water heaters, uh, get their foot in the door, and then expand with their partners um, on the plumbing and HVAC side into that HVAC world. Well, there there are so many details to go over. To be completely honest, I'm not sure where to start. So let's grab the basics, the 30,000-foot elevation. It's called a condensing 
hydro furnace. So I, I think in the in the trade, people take jargon and terminology and we use it as if everybody knows what it means. What does condensing mean? Does it mean I'm going to have water on my walls? No, basically this is all happening inside the system um, where uh, we're heating and, and a product of heating water um, is that uh, in that combustion is condensation that comes out and we're using that uh, condensation to cool the air before we exhaust it uh, out of our vent piping. So we're getting more efficiency out of the dollar of natural gas that we use and we're cooling it down as an exhaust product before it leaves. Absolutely. Wow. You've broken that down to a point it actually, it even makes sense to me, as scary as that might sound. So the term hydro furnace, that's because we're using water, hot water, to heat the air. Is that is that basically the key of why it's called a hydro furnace? Absolutely. Yep. So we're we're using a, a closed loop system with inside our furnace. Okay. Um, and so we're not necessarily adding additional water. It's all uh, encapsulated inside the unit. Um, but using that combustion and that basically what we've done with tankless water heaters and boilers and, sure. and using that heat process uh, and now just applying it to a furnace. Absolutely. So it, it, it just sounds to me like it just all makes sense. And if we really think about this, it kind of goes back to older technology as well. If we think about homes that were heated with the old great big heavy cast iron boilers, they're using hot water and pumping that hot water all around the home and it is typically by convection that air is moving across that hot water to heat the home. In this particular case, um, the reality is we're doing the exact same thing. We're taking that hot water, moving it across a heat exchanger, and then we're blowing air across the heat exchanger. Exactly. And we're filling the ductwork with the warmer air. And this is obviously all thermostatically controlled so we have no we have no real issue with finding out you know well it got too hot or it didn't warm up enough because we're controlling it turning it on and off with the thermostat i'd like to talk more in detail about how that works the entire process stay with us right here on your home discovery stay tuned your home discovery continues straight ahead your home discovery now continues here's your host charlie campbell we are back on this edition of your home discovery sponsored in part by contractors garage if you want to get your business out of the basement check out contractorsgarage.com we're visiting with chuck with navian and we're talking about the new hydro furnace This looks like a tankless water heater. It also looks like a furnace. Hmm, It's kind of a hybrid, kind of does both. Uh, However, the water that we're heating in a hydro furnace isn't used to come out of your faucet. This is only used to heat the home. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep. So we're, we're using a pump inside the system. We're recirculating that hot water through the heat exchanger. Uh, heating it to 150 degrees, for example, right. um, and then taking basically that latent heat that comes off the 
off the heat exchanger, and then we're blowing that across the coil. Now, this unit would work great for new construction. It would also work very well in a retrofit or, or renovation replacement situation. So furnaces, you know, last, what, 20, 25 years. And if you've got a furnace that's 15 to 18 years old, you know, you may be in one of those scenarios where you're thinking, you know, we're going to have to replace our furnace. This is an option to seriously consider if you're going to replace that furnace. We talked about the fact that we're heating water. Now, uh, if I remember or understood you uh, during our commercial segment here, I think you mentioned you can hook domestic water up to this so that as time evolves, if it needs more water in this small closed-loop system, the domestic water will refill, but this also has an even cooler feature that you don't find in the, the old cast iron boilers. You can just do a manual refill and you're not really, you, we're not adding a lot of new, correct? Correct. Yeah. So there, there will be a, a certain amount of evaporation that, that occurs. And so there will be a, a limit switch uh, basically when that float inside the unit tells you you need more water you can fill it two ways one you can plumb an auto refill to the system uh, or you can refill it with uh, just bottled water well the benefit it seems to me on the manual side just doing a manual fill I mean, we have to we may have the option to hook a water line up the struggle is in some municipalities hooking potable water to a non-potable system requires a reduced pressure zone backflow prevention device that now has to be tested every year so that we do not allow any of that non-potable water to backfeed into the potable system. Just sounds like an awful lot of work getting that connected to be sure that we're legal everywhere. Uh, Going with the manual, do you find that it takes a lot of water at maintenance time or if that switch you mentioned were to trip? Right. yeah, hardly at all. And and we're uh, anticipating maybe once a year having to refill that. The other nice thing about doing it with a, a water bottle um, is not every, or I guess not all areas, uh, water quality yes. is equal. Absolutely. Uh, and so you can control that uh-huh. uh, that aspect of it. You not only control that, you can you can be sure that your potable system is separate. So lots of benefits there. Let's talk about... The heating capacity on the tankless water heating side, when we get into the detail of flash heating water to use for your shower or wash machine, whatever, we talk about the three stages of modulation that a tankless domestic water heater uses. If you're just turning on one faucet, you know, we're using, what, 19 or so thousand BTU. It's a very small so we're not burning a lot of energy just to run one fixture. You turn everything on in the house, it may jump from first, second, and right into the third stage of modulation, 199,000 BTU. That's a lot of gas being used. However, when you shut everything off, it shuts off. That's, that's our tankless discussion. We've talked about that lots of times. Does the modulation compare on the hydro furnace? And if so, how? It, it's basically absolutely the same uh, process that we had with the tankless water heaters. 
Um, so it's one of those things, if you were standing in front of a, a tankless water heater uh, currently and had the cover on it, you would not notice the, uh, the sound change going from very small demand up to the highest demand. So uh, very similar situation. We're going to modulate uh, 15 to 1, um, meaning that, that very low demand sure. up to our highest demand seamlessly. Wow. So we're saving energy because we're not using as much. And this is, you know, there's been a lot of, of misunderstandings because, again, industry jargon tends to go way too fast. If if we say that a furnace is 80%, and there's a lot of 80% furnaces out there, what does that mean to someone that is a computer programmer, to someone who is an auto repairman? He doesn't understand what that percentage means. And I've always broken that down to say, if I spend a dollar from the natural gas provider going into the unit, 20 cents of that dollar is wasted and goes out the roof. Exactly. Is there a better way than that? I mean, that's perfect. Basically, how much how much are we getting out of... Uh, out of that dollar. Right. How much right. are we putting into that water? How much are we putting into that air? So now let's talk about that Navian condensing hydro furnace. I put a dollar into it and I say, give me heat. How much is that hydro furnace getting rid of? 97 cents. <laughs> or I guess it's 97 using, cents are going into... It's using 97 of the... 97 cents of the dollar are being used to heat them. <laughs> so that means I'm throwing away 3 cents instead of 20 cents. Absolutely. So let's extrapolate. My math is not the best, but, I mean, you could figure out pretty quickly how much that's going to significantly change your energy bill. Absolutely. Is there a comparison you could give me on how heating the water, thus heating the air through the water versus just heating the air. Is there a runtime differential? What are other things that someone might notice in their home? Let's say they've had a forced air furnace and we're scorching that air. We're drying it out. We have to add humidification because we're drying the air out. How significant is someone going to notice this change? Well, I think one of the growing trends uh, in the industry, um, not just with furnaces, but uh, heating households, you talk about uh, radiant heat, um, you talk about the old cast iron radiators. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you talk to anybody who has one of those systems uh, currently installed, they'll tell you the air uh, is just a lot more comfortable. It's got that moisture to it, Uh, especially this time of year if... uh, uh, when you have to really heat that house, uh, you're scorching the air, you're drying that that air. Um, with this system, we're providing basically hydronic heat through a central air system. Yes, that that absolutely makes perfect sense to me. And if we're not, would you still use a humidifier on this system? So we've had a, a few of these systems installed over the last two years, um, and one up in Minnesota where uh, we're really challenging the system. Right. Uh, and he he tells me he was able to get away uh, from using his humidifier. So if we go with a hydro furnace, the 
the re- very true potential exists, we could not only use manual fill, eliminate a backflow preventer, we could potentially eliminate a humidifier and all of the nightmares that go along with humidifiers. Yeah, potentially. Um, it's definitely something, uh, I mean, that that's one of the benefits of using uh, the hydro furnace, for sure. And that's why folks that have had a cast iron boiler and then a separate air handling system for air conditioning are, 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 are in kind of shock when they go to scorching the air and using a conventional furnace. And, and conventional furnaces, again, we throw jargon out and it goes too fast sometimes. Conventional furnaces can be electric, so you've got a strip heat package or an electric element that's getting red hot and we're moving air past that. Or with the standard conventional furnace, we've got flame heating on the opposite side of what's called a heat exchanger and we're moving air past that. So either way it goes, we're heating up at a, an area for air to pass through. In this specific case, we're heating water. Yeah. And it's inside a pipe. So we're really, really not drying anything out. Is there a lot of maintenance involved in this? Um, I mean, there is some as far as, uh, you know, kind of the same things that we would deal with on a traditional tankless water heater, your your intake air. Right. Um, but these are common in, in every system. Common uh, things. Yeah. I want to take maintenance apart a little more because I... I really feel like there's areas where people misunderstand that maintenance and it's really not as difficult as one might think. So let's let's go over that next. Stay with us here on Your Home Discovery. More helpful ways to build and improve your home sweet home are straight ahead. Stay tuned. Your home discovery now continues. Here's your host, Charlie Campbell. We are back on this edition of Your Home Discovery, sponsored in part by Contractors Garage. Check out contractorsgarage.com. That may be the perfect opportunity for you to get that business out of your home. So, we're visiting with Chuck with Navian, and we have been taking apart the concept of this hydro furnace, which I'm just, I'm just kind of like going wow why didn't we come up with this years ago we i've always i don't know 25 years of my life i had a home with a cast iron boiler that hot water was pumped to three different floors and then the convection in the room through these radiators and these these uh wall units that take up all kinds of space um heated the air and I, I just I'm, I'm just really liking the concept here there have been spin-offs of this concept over the years in that there are things like um, fan coil units that were fed by those cast iron boilers so that would sounds to me based on your explanation like that'd be kind of the same thing we're heating it and we're pumping hot water into a fan coil unit that then moves air across to heat the room. It sounds like the same thing. Yeah. Just simpler. Absolutely. Yeah, but it's, it, we're, we're basically putting it all in one system. Um, and, and future developments are going to come sure. uh, where we'll be able to do something similar to this uh, and 
combined domestic hot water for for showers and labs and things like that based off of this um sure. so a lot of cool things to come uh, a lot of cool possibilities that this is kind of unlocking well another thing that i find interesting and i'm going to pong this question to you yeah you know, normal i say normal what we have known for years as replacing our furnace we next have to look at well which furnace are we going to go with because there's a multitude of sizes in my opinion far too many i love the concept that i think i understood you to say of you got a couple of sizes and these things modulate explain how you've simplified that yeah well and and for me being a tankless water heater guy uh you know and if you talked about that a few weeks ago it's kind of a similar concept to that where you can get a tankless water heater that is way oversized for your household, mm-hmm. but because we're modulating, we're only going to use the amount of gas that we need, um, and we're able to dial in specifically how much gas to use. So if it is oversized, we're going to be able to modulate to that point and use exactly the so amount the of brains, gas So the brains of the system are going to say, okay, well, I don't need so much, so I'm not going to use as much. Absolutely. There, if you if you go with the bigger unit, it's probably a higher initial cost, uh, but because it's modulating, it right the day to day cost will be about the same. Right. And you know, I I hate to separate it this way. Yeah, you know, men tend to think that it's got to be bigger to be better. Right? You know, if if we could get away with either an eighty thousand or a hundred and twenty thousand conventional furnace, let's go with one hundred and twenty because it's bigger. The inherent problems that oversizing a system create, conventionally speaking, is short cycling. And when a furnace turns on, turns off, turns on, turns off, doesn't really get a chance to completely heat up, and that can create some issues. So you've just mentioned the biggest benefit to a modulating system is that by, by, by using less gas at once it's able to get the runtime necessary to operate correctly installation of this let's say i have an 80 percent furnace is the change out to go from scorching the air to using this type of hydro furnace is the change out a much bigger deal or is it pretty much standard because that that, that's a big deal well one of the things about being the last to the party or the newest technology is that we have to fit in with what's currently there if we're going to hit a you know the the part of the market that we want to attack with this right we we definitely have to be able to go back in seamlessly uh to what is currently there so so yeah we're hooking up gas the same way we're exhausting uh we're intaking the same way um, we're not reinventing the wheel by any means on the installation of these units. So it's not a big deal to change from a scorching the air style furnace to a hydro furnace when we're talking about this particular model. Right. The upgrade in technology is going to be encapsulated inside the unit. Well, now that was a fancy way of saying it, Chuck. You're always good. Every, I mean, I've known you a long time, and you're good at throwing those those little liners out there that crack me up. So is uh i'm assuming 
we need to be mindful of the same thing with the hydro furnace that we are with a tankless water heater in that you mentioned condensing. You know, this furnace could produce, what, about a gallon of water an hour right. in, in, in drainage. Yep. So we need to be mindful of acidic condensate. Uh, an, another silly question that goes into the modulating aspect. And I, we don't address this, I don't think, on the plumbing side so much. We know that in the coldest months, the incoming water temperature is much colder than on the hottest 120-degree July day. But that doesn't really change how the system operates. However, on the furnace side, some technologies that have been around for quite some time would measure what the temperature is outside and communicate that to the furnace inside. Is that technology something this includes? Absolutely. Yep. So uh, one of the accessories that we have is an outdoor uh, basically temperature sensor Sure. Um, that you can pair with our unit. Um, and it's basically taking into account the uh, the outdoor temperature uh, and, and better dialing in the efficiencies of the unit. You know, the, the phrase is often used, hindsight's twenty twenty. If I only knew, okay? So by having an outdoor air sensor, it sounds to me like that is giving the hydro furnace kind of a hindsight of what's to come ahead of time. I mean, it's like, you know, you know what you're getting ready to come up against. You're going to have the, the thermal convection, no matter how well you're insulated. If it's negative 30 outside, I, I would think that the brain of the unit needs to know that's what we're up against. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. We're, you know, your, your uh, thermostat is definitely reading the temperature inside the house and, and will operate the, the, you know, the furnace sure. the way it's supposed to. Sure. Uh, but to your point. Yep, that outdoor sensor's telling you what's going on outside of the house. And that's some technology that we spoke briefly about a few weeks ago when we were talking about tankless. I mentioned that with your tankless heater for domestic hot water, it senses the temperature coming in. It has a thermistor for that, so it's it's measuring the temperature of the water upon entry. So it essentially does know that outdoor temperature <laughs> in in a sense. As it's flowing, it's continuing to read that. It's also reading the outlet temperature, and it can pull some cold water in in the event it gets too hot for whatever reason based on flow rate through that heat exchanger. So it's really kind of cool to think that we're adding the same ability. We need to be mindful of the, of the condensate which is kind of, I think, where this conversation started. I tend to take too many left and right <laughs> turns. But, you know, the, the condensate is slightly acidic, so we need to be aware of where we're draining that. If it's going into cast iron, I'm assuming you, you would address it the same way as in a tankless water heater? Exactly. Yep, you'd, you'd neutralize it. Um, that's uh, a fancy way of saying run it through limestone. Um, but they sell... Uh, neutralizers neutralizers that will do that. I guess it wouldn't sound very cool if we called that product a limestone run it through her. Yeah. But, but if we call it a neutralizer, it has that technical. Again, it's all industry jargon, yeah. right? It all boils down to, to finding the fancy way to say it. So I'm assuming air conditioning is to come next. You're going to have 
uh, an air conditioner line, a heat pump line. But in the meantime, can I install this hydro furnace with a different brand outdoor unit? Absolutely. Yep. So uh, these can be paired with any outdoor unit. Um, you know, just match it up your um, your tonnage on the outdoor unit with sure. the, the specific unit that you have on the furnace. Um, and there's charts to do that. Uh, but, but yep, we can absolutely be paired uh, so you can uh, replace just the furnace. And you probably can't let the cat out of the bag, but I'm assuming you're going to have the Navi and outdoor unit. It, 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 it's coming. It's on the roadmap. It was uh, a, uh, a model uh, was shown at the AHR show in Chicago. Okay. Um, so it's definitely on the roadmap. It's in the works, um, and it's just a matter of time. Man, this is awesome. Well, there's a lot more to cover. I could probably talk to you all day. Stay tuned. Your home discovery continues straight ahead. Your home discovery now continues. Here's your host, Charlie Campbell. We are back on this edition of Your Home Discovery. I am Charlie Campbell. Joined in studio by Chuck with Navian, and we are talking tankless water heating, but moreover, the new Navian Hydro Furnace. Chuck, thank you again. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I can't believe that we're almost out of time. I mean, we have just, we've covered so much ground. Charlie at yourhomediscovery.com. If you have questions, I want to make sure that we get them answered. I have lots of questions. So, Chuck, one of the things that we didn't talk about, I asked you if changing out, let's say I have a 20-year-old furnace, changing out that 20-year-old furnace, do you, are they all the same or do you offer them in different layouts? Right. Yep. Nope. So we have, uh, we're offering two sizes, uh, 60,000 and 100,000 BTU units. Um, and we're also offering them... Uh, in your most common upflow, uh, meaning we're shooting that air up sure. typically or usually from the basement. Uh, right. And then we have a horizontal flow most commonly seen in your attics. Wow. Well, it sounds like you have that entire uh, – you've thought this through. You, you said this has been coming for some time. How long has this been in the works? Well, the brainchild of it was – as soon as they came to the United States um, with the tankless water heater. Um, right. The development has probably been over the last four to five years, um, and now the field installs have been over the last two. Wow. Now, um, let's talk about how it compares, or maybe we just forget comparisons altogether, because... You know, I mentioned that a few weeks ago we did a tank list versus tank type, and some of the emailed questions that I have gotten, Charlie, at yourhomediscovery.com, I'm just going to pose those questions and let you answer them. Chuck, okay, great. how does that sound? Because, you know, I, I have to call you anyway half the time and get the answers to these questions, so this just eliminates my phone call. So several weeks ago, one of the questions that came in was... Hi, Charlie. I have a 15-year-old tank-type water heater. It's 50 gallons. 
We also have a large Roman tub, and I'm tired of running out of hot water. It sounded as if this tankless water heater would be an upgrade for me, so I could actually have a hot bath without completely running out. Would you please tell me how that is actually going to fill my tub yet still give what I don't think that I explained the flow well enough. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of the key uh, thought process uh, difference between tank and tankless. Um, with tankless, we're talking about simultaneous use. And as long as your gallon per minute or your capacity stays under the capacity of the unit, right? then you'll have endless hot water. Um, with, with a tank, obviously, when you run out of that stored tank, um, we're not refilling that tank fast enough to keep up. And so there is a uh, runtime uh, limit on how long you can go with a tank water heater. So, uh, you know, typically your uh, Roman tub fillers fill between Oh, yeah, what? 12 to 18 gallons a minute. Exactly. So most of our, you know, single tankless water heaters at a 70-degree rise, which is a worst-case scenario in our, in our area sure. to hit 120 degrees right. set point, right. uh, our unit's putting out about five and a half gallons per minute. Um, and so as long as you stay under that, we'll give you endless hot water. So it may take a little longer to fill your tub, uh, but as we're filling it at five and a half gallons per minute, it's going to be at 120 degrees or whatever set point temperature you have it at. Absolutely. Next emailed question says, maintenance. You didn't talk too deeply about maintenance. What's different in maintenance in a tank list versus a tank type? Yeah, great question. Um, and this is definitely something to educate people about. Uh, with a tankless water heater, you have smaller waterways, right? We're, we're running that water uh, through a heat exchanger, and, and that's tiny little uh, tubes of water. Um, and as you get scale and build up, uh, which is a natural, uh, occurrence with heating water and it just needs to be cleaned. So how often, I, I guess let's split this into two different parts. This is question part A and part B. How often do I have to maintain a tankless water heater? That's part A. And then part B to the question, how often do I have to maintain the new Navian Hydro Furnace? Great question. Yep. So I'll probably lump them into the same category. Um, I would say after install, we typically would like uh, you to service the unit uh, after that first year um, and, and see what, especially on a tankless water heater where you're flushing the unit and you're seeing that scale and calcium buildup get flushed out of the unit if after that first year you you don't see an accumulation you can push that uh service back quite a bit a uh, lot of that's going to vary based on the impurities the hardness in the water yep in your area water quality is a huge factor in that so that first service sounds to me like is kind of the telltale it's the okay well when we get to that point we'll be able to tell exactly you know a better idea, if you will, yeah. how often. We don't, we don't say to maintain warranty that you have to do it annually. We just say that there needs to be routine maintenance. Right. That makes sense. Absolutely. And so when it comes to maintenance, you mentioned several things, and they're all fairly simple. Um, 
the the air intake. That's one of the things I've had several emails, Charlie at yourhomediscovery.com, where it's like, um, why? What what in the world's going on? Well, then we find out there's uh, leaves that got sucked into the intake air screen, and that's precluding fresh air from getting into the unit. Is it difficult to clean the air screen? I mean, this thing is simple. Explain this. Yeah, we basically have a, a screw holding in a tennis racket filter. Um, so you undo the, the Phillips head screw, pull it out, tap it into the trash can, and put it back in. That sounds pretty simple. So I've got that. I know on the tankless water heater, because we're bringing in new water all the time, there's a water filter that needs to be cleaned. I had an email, charlie, at yourhomediscovery.com about two months ago that my unit's shutting down and flashing error codes. We traced the error codes back, and I asked the question, have you cleaned the the uh, intake screen on the water? And it was like, the what? And once, once we located that, uh, the response email that I got back was, wow, I had no idea you could cram that much stuff in that little bit of an area. So that was... If you're if you're shutting the gate, you can only get so many cattle through there at once. That's that's a great way of putting it. And and the unit is trying to give you the demand you're asking for on the other side. So these sounds like complicated answers, but quite honestly, you break it down, it's pretty simple. Absolutely. Yep. How would I see one of these units? Do you have a website? Absolutely. Uh, www.navian.com. And Navian is N-A-V-I-E-N dot com. I kind of have sausage fingers here, so as I type that in, ooh, this is an amazing website. This has all kinds of information on it. There's tons of information. Um, if you're just uh, new to tankless water heaters and want to learn a little bit more, or if you're a seasoned contractor, there's a lot of drawings, installation uh, manuals, service kits, things like that. Right. So this next email, I think, is from a contractor because he's asking about installation and footages for the PVC flu on, and this is on, because this is from a a couple of weeks ago. So this is on a tankless water heater. So part A and part B, uh, is there incredible run distance limitations on tankless water heating for two or three inch flu? And then the same thing for the hydro furnace. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be the same uh, on 2-inch Schedule 40 solid core PVC. We can vent up to 75 feet on 2-inch and up to 150 feet on 3-inch, with each elbow being the equivalent length of 8 feet. Okay. So whenever you put a turn, it, it literally slows the—I mean, just like driving in your car. You can go 70 miles an hour down the, down the highway, but— if you've got a sharp curve, there's these big sharp curve signs and a reduced speed limit. Same thing happens with water as it's traveling yep. through the systems. Uh, Chuck, any final thoughts? Well, I just really appreciate the time. Um, I think it's a, a great product, uh, great technology, both tankless and the hydro furnace. Um, and we love the platform. Well, I appreciate you joining us. If you have questions, charlie at yourhomediscovery.com. Sponsored by Contractors Garage. We'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for enjoying another edition of Your Home Discovery with Charlie Campbell, a presentation of CQH Ranch, LLC. Keeping everything around your home sweet home looking great. 
broadcast nationally on AM and FM radio stations, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and more, plus easily found on most social media channels. Tune in again soon for more tips and ideas to keep your home sweet home looking great. Podcast available 24-7, yourhomediscovery.com.